0: Saturday. Hello, everybody. We made it to the weekend. Congratulations to us all, and welcome into another edition of the Sports Kiki podcast. My name, as always, is Alex Reamer. It is episode number thirty-three. That's right, thirty-three some odd weeks of kikiing. What fun it has been! I think the vast majority of these weeks have come under quarantine, so we've been virtually kikiing. But nonetheless, thank you as always for joining me. You can find this podcast wherever you can find your favorite out sports shows, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, we are all there. I have a a one-of-a-kind interview for you this week, to say the least. Uh, We're going to speak with, uh, well, I am going to speak with. Um, That's one of my more annoying habits, and I use the royal we when I mean I. It's like just, no one talks like that in real life. I don't know why I sometimes talk like that when I'm in front of Uh, My snowball microphone here and my laptop, but uh, nonetheless, I am going to speak with uh, a a trans Satanist anarchist who's running for sheriff uh, in New Hampshire. Uh, Yeah, so just a typical week here on the show. Uh, Aria DeMezzo it will join me in a few moments. Uh, I mentioned she's running for uh, for sheriff in Cheshire County in New Hampshire. Uh, that's, on the, that's in the southwest corner of the state. It is the home of Keene State, uh, a state university. So it's a college town, uh, leans blue. They have a Democratic uh, sheriff now. Uh, so Aria de Mezzo looking to unseat him as a Republican. That's right. Despite being a trans-Satanist anarchist who really identifies as a libertarian, which she will explain more than anything else, uh, she ran as a Republican in the primary a couple of weeks ago and received over 4,000 votes winning the nomination. Uh, she thinks, you know, she thought heading in that she maybe wouldn't even receive 35 votes, but she received more than 4,000. She had the R next to her name and she won the Republican nomination. And the question is, is the mainstream New Hampshire Republican Party now endorsing their their representative in this sheriff race? So we talked to Aria about that. Uh, what she thinks that uh, this story says in the vote she received, what it says about voting habits, and her views as well, from defunding the police to down on the line, we debate a bit too. Uh, it was fun, though, and she uh, – more than anything else, I think, if you have one takeaway from this – from the conversation, it's that uh, she's – she lets it all slide off her back, which is uh, – which is, quite a, which is quite a feat and quite a way to look at things. Um, so hopefully you enjoy the conversation as much as I enjoyed uh, participating in it. Um, so yeah, that's coming up on the other side. We had another big week here at Outsports as well. I'd be remiss if I didn't plug uh, one of our other shows this week. Sid Ziegler is our co-founder. You know him, you love him. And he had a show this week with uh, Richard Grinnell, who's the former ambassador to Germany and former head of the uh, DNI. Uh, about uh, banning Iran from the Olympic Games. A good back and forth. One of our contributors, Ken Schultz, wrote a contrarian column about that, saying somebody like Grinnell, who, uh, yes, is openly gay, but served in the Trump administration, really has no ground to make any statements like that about other countries' uh, you know, human rights issues. Um, so, interesting debate that we welcome here at Out Sports, and I do want to toot my own horn, too. Uh, I don't usually weigh into the British sports scene. But uh, Amal Fashanu is the niece of Justin Fashionu, who's who uh, was the first uh, British soccer player to publicly come out as gay. Uh, he passed away tragically, committed suicide. Um, but Amal, his niece, started a foundation, the Justin Fashanu Foundation, in the United Kingdom to support LGBTQ athletes. On the surface, it seems like a noble mission, but... In recent years, she's made some pretty bold claims about knowing seven gay Premier League players. Uh, Then she said a couple years ago she actually knows five closeted gay soccer players, two of whom play in the Premier League, not sure what happened to the other five. Uh, And over the last three months, she surfaced now two letters from alleged anonymous gay soccer players in the Premier League detailing their fear of coming out and how they can't play in the Premier League, play soccer in the UK, and live an open and gay life. And uh, this is not helpful to the cause. And I wrote this in a column on Outsports. It's up now. Um, It's fear-mongering. And, you know, Sid's made this point in pieces he's written too. Uh, The coming out, everybody experiences some sort of fear and trepidation when they come out. That's natural. But these kinds of anonymous letters again, from alleged closeted players in the Premier League, they they overemphasize the pre-coming-out fear without highlighting the joy and jubilation that people feel when they do come out. So they're very one-sided. It makes homosexuality seem taboo in this dark-room, seedy subject. It fuels tawdry speculation and rumor-mongering. And again, to go back to that word fear, I mean, Amal considers herself a great ally to us but she seems more interested in spreading fear than inspiration with these letters so it's interesting it's uh, even if you may not know the players involved and i'll be honest i don't really i'm far from a british soccer aficionado but uh, it's a very interesting story so uh, you learn something new every week uh, but speaking of which aria de mezzo when was, when was the last time you heard from a trans satanist anarchist well you're about to hear from her now uh, thanks as always for listening and welcome back to the show it is the sports kiki podcast my name of course is alex reamer usually we don't always veer into these overt political i'm kidding we do it all the time and we're proud to welcome in uh a very interesting candidate running for sheriff in uh cheshire county in new hampshire aria DeMezzo is a trans satanist anarchist uh is that correct aria welcome to the show that is correct and thanks so much for having me so let's start with the obvious question: What is a Satanist anarchist? What are your belief? What are your pillars, if you will? Well,
1: uh, the two things are there's actually a lot of overlap between Satanism and anarchism. Okay, like uh, they're, they're both all about the individual, the freedom of the individual, not aggressing against other people, not not doing other people wrongly, and those are important things. So the they certainly is, are. Uh, the messages of non-aggression run deep, and peaceful coexistence. They run deep throughout both Satanism and
0: anarchism. So I don't mean to be ignorant, but when you say Satanism, the common person thinks devil worshiping, because that has nothing to do with it.
1: Uh, no, um, that, that's the Hollywood perception, and that's perception that right. people that that they have from you know getting most of their information from Hollywood. But yeah. Um, None of the Satanists I know believe that any such entity called Satan or Lucifer or the devil or whatever actually exists. I imagine there are some out there who think that they're actually – in fact, I've got messages from these people. They're not happy with me. There are some people who believe that Satan is a real thing and that demons are real and angels are real and all this other stuff, and I don't know. I don't believe any of that, (laughs) and none of the actual Satanists that I know in person believe any of that. It's basically so, atheism with a point, and the point is freedom of religion for all.
0: And atheists don't believe in freedom of religion for all? or
1: No, atheists do believe in freedom of religion right. for all, but the the atheists who are out there fighting for it, uh, the, the imagery of Satanism is generally how we do that. When they put up a Ten Commandments statue, we put up a Lucifer statue, and then they okay. get upset. The religious people who put up the Ten Commandments were like, hey you're going to allow one religion to do this, you have to allow them all. And because they don't want to allow the Church of Satan or the Reformed Satanic Church or anything like that to put up its own imagery, they pull theirs down. And that's the victory.
0: So if the, so if the devil does, does not have anything to do with, your, with Satanism and, and what you believe in and what you know, other Satanists that you know believe in, why identify yourself as a Satanist? Because the mythology of it is is beautiful for people who actually pay attention to it. The, the story of
1: Lucifer is basically identical to the story of Prometheus. You know, hmm. According to the biblical interpretation of things, Yahweh created humanity, and he intentionally denied them the knowledge of good and evil. Well, Lucifer came along and he said, hey, no, he's lying to you. You won't die if you eat this. He just wants you to be an obedient little slave. I want you to think for yourself. I want you to have the same capacity to think for yourself as God, because I don't want you to just be a blind little serf. And one of those two entities told the truth, and the one that told the truth was Lucifer. Lucifer brought the ability to reason, the ability to know good from evil to humanity in the same way that Prometheus brought humanity fire in Greek mythology. I don't believe the mythology is true. I don't believe any of this actually happened, but the mythology
0: is awesome. Christians misunderstand it. And when did you and when did you come to this belief system? It's been developing most of my life, really. Yeah. And
1: once I started exploring atheism, or once I stopped believing in Christianity, I started exploring other possibilities. I became a pantheist. I became an agnostic or a deist, whatever terminology you wish to use. But slowly, I was just, I just became more and more convinced that it, that it was. Only correct and there just isn't a God. People are just projecting onto a God whatever it is they want to be true, and there's really no justification for believing that. People can do it, sure. And as long as they don't harm others with it, I have no issue with it. Yeah. But it's it's not a lifelong journey. There there
0: was no clear aha moment for me.
1: Yeah. As there are with many people.
0: Yeah. And and how about, you know, anarchism to ask the same question, you know, and again, part of my ignorance, but you know, a lot of people, as you know, this is the conventional thought, I say anarchism, and I think of lawlessness, no rules, no nothing. Uh, is that is that what you believe in? Or, or does that mean something else? It, it entirely means something else. Anarchism is a rejection of rulers. Rulers are a political
1: class who use force, violence and coercion to achieve their goals. Anarchism mm-hmm. rejects that. It rejects the initiation of force against others. And it's about peaceful coexistence in a voluntary society. It's not so about good. destroying people's property. It, it is about lawlessness and the fact that the law doesn't really help us be better people. And it grows right. into this gigantic apparatus that is killing people on the streets of New York City for selling cigarettes. It's like This is the result of, the, of having the law. You know, so, we tried to fix this. We tried to limit it to not doing this kind of nonsense. And what happened within within a very short time frame? George Washington was running into Kentucky to to kill farmers because they wouldn't pay his tax. I mean, we tried limiting this this stuff, and it didn't work.
0: So, so then, what is so? What are the primary differences between an anarchist and your belief system, especially in regards to criminal justice and you know the defund the police movement, which as you know has become quite mainstream.
1: I'm absolutely an advocate of defunding the police. If the police weren't out there enforcing victimless crimes, if they weren't pulling people over for having a busted tail light or for doing 10 miles per hour over the speed limit or for not fully wiping the snow off the top of their car or something, then the police would have nothing to do. They would very quickly realize and everyone would very quickly realize that the police, we don't really need them. The number of actual crimes that occur with our actual victims is exceedingly low. There are places where it's higher in, like Chicago, sure, but especially here in New Hampshire, everyone here is armed to the T's. No one's breaking anyone's house because they know they're going to get shot. No one's attacking anyone because they know the chances of that person having a gun concealed on them are extremely high. So the actual number of, crime victims, of victim crimes here is very, very low. If we weren't enforcing those, we'd realize immediately because these police officers would just be sitting in the office playing Minecraft or Nintendo Switch or whatever, oh, oh. or listening to Rush Limbaugh or some kind of nonsense because they wouldn't have anything to actually do. Well,
0: how about, though, I mean... They need though, to be mean, out
1: there enforcing these laws so that they can justify their own existence
0: and their own paychecks. But how about, though, the actual, you know, victim crimes that do exist? I mean, you know, there is murder, you know, rape, sexual misconduct. What would you suggest for that?
1: A free market solution would be ideal. But we don't really have time to implement that. We have to slowly transition from the police state that we have now to that, to to some other solution where there is actual competition among these police forces, and whichever one is doing the best job is the one that people support. But the state monopoly on police work is what we have right now. The best first step we can take toward actually disarming the police and actually having the police capable of dealing with, you know, aggressive victim crimes is to have police actually just deal with those things. That was a really bad answer.
0: No, so I, no, so it doesn't sound, again, you know, it, so, you know, well, first of all, what do you mean by a free market of, of criminal justice?
1: Well, like you would have various security, ideally you would have various security companies or groups of people who respond to things when people need help.
0: And, and who the are the security? Considered... And who? And are, these are private companies. Ideally, they would be private companies. And who? But and who that... would they answer? And who would they answer to? I mean, don't you think that that would lead to potentially even more, you know, racial discrimination in policing if it was private companies that you know don't answer to anybody who are doing the policing? Well, they would be. They would be answering to everybody, not nobody. They'd be answering to everybody.
1: Because they need people to want their service to justify their own existence, right? They need customers. They need people calling them because right. otherwise but they're what if, getting
0: paid. What if you have racist customers calling these private security forces to, you know, uh, there's, you know there's Trayvon Martin running down my street and they come and, y- you, know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, don't you foresee well, that you that have could be
1: create... You have these people calling the, the state police forces now. Hey, there's this black man in the salt in the park. He's got a knife. He's threatening my life. That video of that woman in the New York park where she was just jerking her do- dog around. She called the – she called he did. she was a racist, clearly. She called the police to try to get this guy killed by police.
0: Well, but they. So but not already happen. have that.
1: You're asking me Thank, – thankfully, but it's right. a rare event that it doesn't actually happen. Wow. We, we already have this police apparatus in place where racist people can call it, and the result is often that the police kill someone. Like just a few weeks ago, well, I know. This, yeah. this grieving mother called the police or called 911 because she needed help with her autistic son who was having a nervous breakdown, and she asked for psychiatric help, and the police showed up, and they shot this kid. They shot this 13-year-old kid, this autistic kid, as he was walking away from them multiple right. times. So we already yeah, have all of you ask me, well, would we still have this in a private system? But don't you think we yeah, would have? But but don't you think we would have? Ha-
0: it. Right, but as much as we have now, don't you think it seems inevitable we would have only more if we had a privatized system with no public accountability at all?
1: There, Besides, you keep the, saying I mean, I mean, no the, public. You well,
0: keep the customers no public though. accountability. There's plenty of public accountability. If
1: a For, if a store gives me bad service, I'm not shopping at that store. I'm right, but what if you're a racist if they customer do it, who if calls they do the it private.
0: repeatedly? Yeah, right. Here's, though, I am most interested in this, though. So you ran as a Republican, receiving more than 4,000 votes in the uh, primary. You win the nomination. Because you su- you've run for office before. Were you surprised that you got that kind of support?
1: I was. I, I was deeply yeah. surprised. Going into it, I expected to get maybe 35 to 50 votes. Because we knew that we knew that people were, were knowledgeable and they would write in Earl Nelson. We figured he would probably get 35 to 50 write-ins. He had to get at least 35 plus more votes than I got in order to win the nomination. I had to just get at least a vote. And as long as he didn't get 35, I would have won. So we were like, okay, well, there's a decent shot here. Then I'm going to actually get it. But the result turned out to be drastically different from what we expected. Most people just went in there and filled in a circle next to my name. I expected like thirty-five to fifty votes, and it came in at over four thousand. I was stunned.
0: And, and and what do you think that says about our voting habits?
1: Well, it could say a number of things. The assumption, based on what you know, a lot of these Republicans are saying on Facebook, is that you know they didn't do their research, they didn't know who they were voting for. That's the that's the general assumption, but it is an assumption. But there are also Republicans who actually do believe in small government, low taxes, and who are pro gun who will support me knowing about me because they know that I also support the Second Amendment and low taxes. So it could say one of those two things that they're willing to, that they're consciously willing to look past the the anarchism, the being trans, the Satanism to vote for someone whose positions actually align with theirs, which would be a wonderful thing. Or it says that, you know, they just didn't bother to research. (laughs) <laughs> and i think oh. i think probably both statements are true to some extent
0: i mean i so i mean i've been reading a lot about you and i loved the uh the boston globe article and it leads with someone drawing uh, a giant penis on your red convertible and you didn't seem to bother you at all you said it's a gender reveal more than anything else i'm just wondering how did you how did you get to this place well i mean it, it definitely bothered me right i, okay. I was sad
1: and, and i'm still yeah. sad The cloth top of the convertible, that's the only part that I haven't repaired yet, and that's going to be, you know, several thousand dollars. The tire, okay. You cost me 70 bucks, you got your joke. The spray paint, ha-ha, you got your joke. Didn't really cost me much money. A friend came out and removed it for me, so you cost a friend some time. But the cloth top actually sucked. Um, You know, you you have to laugh at these things. You you have to own it. Like, I've got new signs now that are being made that have, you know, I don't want to say it, but it's. I don't object to saying it. I just don't want to at the moment. It has that word on it, and it says F American Greatness.
0: Okay. So just
1: like I have the um, the F, the police thing, it's F American Greatness. It's going to be great. I have to own it. you know. Otherwise, they win. Right. Everything they say or do can and will be used against them. They send me hate mail. I turn it into a funny article. They spray paint my car. I find a way to make it into a sign.
0: That, it's such a powerful. It's such a powerful way to go about it. But did you? How did you? Were you always? You know, did it always? Were you always able to turn it into? You know, to put it back at them, or or did it take you a bit to get to this place?
1: I would say it took me a bit. I mean, I've done a lot of shrooms, and I support people <laughs> doing shrooms. I mean, it's, I'm not joking. It, it's a really good way of growing. Now. Spiritually is the best word to use, but obviously I'm an atheist. I don't believe in spirit, but it's the best way of growing spiritually to reach a point where someone can vandalize your car and your first thought is, ah, a gender reveal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wish everyone could get to that point where they're, a- where they're at peace with themselves and they're able to own it when other people hate them and just shrug it off.
0: Yeah, It's meaningless. Yeah. And shrooms is, and shrooms is more, works better than weed for this uh, epiphany.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, shrooms, and, shrooms, LSD, and preferably large amounts of EMT.
0: Well, I'm sorry, what was the last one? DMT. DMT, okay. Okay, so yeah, I mean, so that was one. And they will also do the trick, it just takes longer. I mean, that was the platform that you ran on in one of your last campaigns, right? To legalize mm-hmm. shrooms. Mm-hmm. Yes. I did that uh, when I ran for city council. Yes, legalize shrooms and eat the rich as well. Um, so you're you're ahead of the curve because you see eat the rich gets you know trending all the time now. So <laughs> they're copying the woke the woke left is copying you, Aria. Um, so so you're running so you're still running for sheriff. Um, you know what do you tell? What is your like? What do you? How do you see the race unfolding from here? You're running against a Democrat, correct? A Democratic incumbent.
1: That's correct. I don't know how it's going to unfold from here. I I wish I knew, you know, how many Republicans will actually stand beside me and vote for me because they know my actual positions and they're not terribly out of line with theirs? How many Democrats will support me because I'm actually to the left of the Democratic candidate? How many Republicans will just vote straight ticket? How many will write in Earl Nelson? How many Democrats will just vote straight ticket? And then what are the independents going to do? There's so many question marks here where the two-party 2, pro, two party political apparatus here in Cheshire County, it doesn't seem to mean a whole lot, at least in this particular race. I expect a huge number of Democrats to vote for me. I expect a huge number of Republicans to vote for Rivera.
0: Hmm.
1: Who knows? Maybe, maybe I'll get one vote.
0: <laughs> and how, and I, I'd be remiss if I asked, how did you wind up – you're not from – how did you wind up in New Hampshire? I'm from... not from New
1: Hampshire. No, I'm from Mississippi. I wound up right. here ultimately because of the Free State Project, which is an attempt to get 20,000 libertarians to move to a single low-population state so that we can actually do things like this and win. I have no affiliation with the Free State Project, but Ian Freeman, Ian Freeman, my campaign manager, did, and that's the reason he's here. He's ultimately the reason that
0: I'm here. I got it. Uh, Aria Demezzo. Aria, how can the people follow you on social media? There are links to all of that on
1: my campaign site. That's fpolice.com, EFSPolice.com. They can find links to my Twitter. Of course, Facebook banned me uh, yesterday for responding to the death threat that I got.
0: Oh, no. So
1: that's And it's a 30-day ban, too, so I'm not going to be posting much to Facebook for a while. But there are links to everything else there on my website, fpolice.com.
0: Facebook is just such a cesspool. I also loved what you told The Globe you know, about the Fox News article about you last week. That You said you don't hate yourself enough to read the comments, and uh, that resonated deeply <laughs> with me. I agree. Why would anybody read the Facebook comments? Yeah.
1: I generally avoid just... them. I mean, most of the people who are you know, commenting on my Facebook and all of that, uh, they're, it's overwhelmingly positive.
0: Right. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a great statement, and uh, we're glad to have you on here, Aria. Thanks for doing this so much for having me on well a big thanks to Aria for coming on the show and for sparring with me for a little bit at the beginning there it was fun it was enjoyable Uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend and we'll talk to you next on the show next Saturday so long everybody